What a wonderful crowd this morning. Good morning. Glad you're here. Congratulations to our 2011 graduates. We're so proud of each and every one of you. Uh, this week you'll be graduating from high school. I want you to take a deep breath before you do. Keep your head on a swivel. Take it all in. It's something you never want to forget. It's a wonderful time in your life. And I'm, I'm proud that we at Fountainhead are going to get to share this with each and every one of you. Look at those girls. Aren't they gorgeous? We are so blessed to have beautiful girls in our, in our congregation. Older to younger. Y'all are, y'all are beautiful. I look at this audience. You don't see what I see week in and week out, and you're beautiful people. You really, really are. And look at those guys. Look at, look at Chase. He's about to throw down on that axe, isn't he? Look at him. I like Tyler's picture. I, I got that off his Facebook page. It looks like he just made that speech. You know that speech? Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here, here today on my last, last high school game, game, game. You know. This is the greatest day, moment of... I still remember you, Tyler, a couple of years ago in church camp and you were, were purple. Remember being purple? Because Chase, I mean, because Justin McCrory had put uh, purple Kool-Aid in the shower head when he got in and purple became purple. So I still remember that. Uh, you know, again, I'm glad to have our college graduates, our college graduates, college students back. Uh, it's, it's wonderful that they're here. You know, we, we, we have something great here today. Can you feel warm? I want you to hear the warm, warm, warm. I mean, the brain trust in this group is amazing. Last year's valedictorian is here. Katie Brown's back from school. But this year's valedictorian's in the building too. Miss Morgan over here is going to be the valedictorian of the senior. Isn't that wonderful, Fountainhead? Isn't that great that, that from, this, from this congregation, the, the last two years, the, the valedictorian has been from Fountainhead. That's, that's, that's wonderful. So we're very proud, and we'll talk more about that, about that next week. And we'll, Lord willing, we'll have a, a, special, a, a special flyer. I'm trying to start these new traditions, I guess. If, you know, uh, uh, you know as, as I go along, I, I start thinking of new things to do, and, and I hope this will be one as we go along uh, for next week's for next week's dinner but uh, we're so so proud that you're I'll give you two pieces of advice three pieces of advice um, this is from my grandmother you are pretty each and every one of you, the boys and the girls you are pretty but just remember pretty is as pretty does okay pretty is as pretty does and you know you may be thinking I'm gonna do this in my life or I'm gonna do this in my life but she always said this too a lot can slip between the cup and the lip. Okay? A lot can slip. So, you know, you just as you're about to raise it to your glass, somebody jostles your arm and you spill it all over yourself. You know? So, you know, what you think you may be doing now may not end up with what you be doing. Okay? So, may not end up what you're doing. So, just remember to, to, to well, just remember this. this. is my third piece of advice. You are a child of God. That's another thing that I'm proud about here in this congregation. All of these children... Uh, not children anymore, are they? They are. They are. They're children of God. They are baptized believers. Act that way. That's my last piece of advice. Act like that. We don't expect any more nor any less of you. Neither does God. To act like a Christian. Okay. Act like a Christian. The great jazz singer Billie Holiday, and here's her silky voice saying, living for you is easy living. It's easy to live when you're in love, and I'm so in love. There's nothing in life but you. 
you say? Wouldn't you like to hear that from your mate? Wouldn't you like to hear that from your boyfriend or your girlfriend? I never regret the years that I'm giving. They're easy to give when you're in love. I'm happy to do whatever I do for you. For, may, for you, maybe I'm a fool, but it's fun. People say, you rule me with a wave of your hand. Darling, it's grand. They just don't understand. Living for you is easy living. It's easy to live when you're in love. And I'm so in love with you. There's nothing in life but you. Easy living. Easy living. Easy jobs. Easy relationships. We are in a country that is obsessed with easy. We are. Would you rather have a hard life or or an easy life? I can remember being on a job site or in a factory floor and someone walking up to the group that we hadn't seen in a while, and they would be, they would be greeted, well, there's old easy money. Easy money, easy living, easy life. The good life, the American dream, we want it. We want it so bad. We want that easy life. You know, our graduates, they're, they're going to school, they're, going to, they're graduating from college. It wasn't easy, was it? Life's not easy. Life's hard, isn't it? We find that out every day, don't we? But we want it easy, and we strive, and we strive, and we we break our backs to have it easy. Some will do anything, even lose their soul for an easy life. Oh, how people just want to live a life of distraction and escape, it seems like. Just, just, just something to get me past this, this problem I'm in. I just, I just don't want to think about it anymore. Do you get that way? Just put something in front of me that I don't have to think about this anymore. Lenny Kravitz sang a song, I want to get away. Remember that? Southwest Airlines, their motto is, want to get away? We want to get away from it. We don't want to have to face it. It's too hard, whatever it is. It's all different in everybody's life. I'm tired of living like that. How about you? I'm tired of living like that. I haven't been feeling well lately. Personally. Mind, body, spirit. I've been down here lately. Dana and I, we had a heart-to-heart talk. She said, well, maybe when school's out and and soccer's over, life won't seem so hectic. And she's right, but I want to be good. I want to be right no matter what's going on in my life. No matter how much stress is heaped on me, I want to trust that my God will pull me through. How about you? Amen? I want that drive that I came here with. I I don't want it to to decrease. I want it to increase. I want to be more productive, not less productive. I want to sing that song, Easy Living, to God. I want to sing that song to God. It's easy 
when I'm in love with you, God. Life's easy. Things are easy. I don't, I don't look back at my life and, 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 and bemoan the fact that I've had to live for you. Because when I'm in love with somebody like you, oh my God, it's easy living. This is... A, I'm pulling the fire alarm this morning. Now, don't any of you young people don't ever see one of these, don't ever pull it, okay? Because the fire department will come. But y'all know what happens when you pull this. That, that means the reason you pull it is because you see a fire, you see something burning, and you, and you pull it so that, so that help will come. I'm... I'm I'm pulling the fire alarm this morning. This is meant to wake you and me up by answering this question. Is the Christian life easy? Is it supposed to be? Is the Christian life easy? And is it supposed to be easy? If you listen to some of the TV preachers, it is. Listen to one of them. and He said, Jesus died so we could be totally free. Free from bad habits and addictions. Free from fear and worry. Free from discouragement and depression. Free from poverty and lack. Jesus died so we could be free from low self-esteem. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. So many foster the notion that Christianity is easy. But even becoming a Christian is easy. Easy, cheap grace. All you have to do, all you have to do is say this prayer and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and you'll be saved. But on the other side, you know, you see people say, all you got to do is be baptized. If you just come up here and you just be baptized, you'll be saved. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says. Yes, baptism saves, but so does believing and repenting and confessing and living a Christian life for the rest of your life. Neil Postman wrote in his book, Amusing Ourselves to Death. And I think that's what we're doing, aren't we? We're, we are amusing ourselves to death. He, he, writes, he writes, Christianity is a serious and demanding religion. When it's delivered as easy and amusing, it's another kind of religion altogether. Mike Riley wrote, Jesus himself said, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That is a clear call for self-denial, not a call for ease and amusement. The Christian life is not easy living. If you're thinking about becoming a Christian, or if you need to examine your Christian life, Listen very closely. There's a false belief, an untruth, a misconception that all Christians are perfect. We are to be perfect, Matthew 5, 48, even as our Heavenly Father is perfect. We're to strive for that perfection. But listen closely. When you become a Christian, you will still face Everyday challenges. Sometimes you'll face challenges that you wouldn't have faced had you not become a Christian. 
you will be part of a family and believe that even your new brothers and sisters are looking out for you. That's another misconception that all Christians are safe. And although this should be true, we live in a world there where there is so much evil. And not everyone in the church is looking out for the best interests of those around them. Some, sadly, are not really evil. They're, they're almost worse. They're ignorant. They become Christians, but they're never taught and don't know how to act. There's a misconception that when you become a Christian, all your problems will be solved. Our Christian brothers and sisters in Alabama and Memphis, they know this is not true. And so do you. It rains on the just and the unjust, Matthew 5.45. And we are promised not an easy life, but a persecuted life. We're promised to be persecuted. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 20, If they persecuted me, they will you too. In Matthew 5, Jesus said, When you are persecuted, hide out in your office and bedroom and cry about it. No, that's not what He said. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 10, You are blessed, rejoice, and be exceedingly glad. If you live for God and love God and obey God, you're promised to get hurt. <laughs> it's a promise. It almost sounds like I'm trying to talk you out of being a Christian. No, darling, it's grand. It's grand. I have a plan. You know, when I get off kilter, when I'm not quite right, I have a plan. I have a way. I have a path that I can jump back on and be right. I want you to count the costs. That's what I want you to do. Christians and non-Christians. I want you to count the cost, Luke 14, 28, because there are some things you must do to be a Christian and there are some things that you must do to remain a Christian. To become a Christian and remain a Christian, we must obey. If you want to be a Christian, you must recognize that you are a lost sinner. Without hope. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. And here... The Word of God, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians chapters 1, chapter, chapter, 1, chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, has the power to save you, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Then you must believe in Jesus Christ, John chapter 8, verse 24, and obey the command to, to repent of your worldly ways and confess Christ before others. Revelation chapter 10 verses 9 and 10. How you get into Christ and how you come in contact with the blood of Jesus Christ is by being baptized into Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 6 verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. Then you are saved. You are in Christ, in His body, in the church. Acts chapter 2 verse 47. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. You must continue to obey. You must continue to follow Christ. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. Put God first. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. Obey Him faithfully. Matthew chapter 7 verse 21. You must obey. Period. Before you become a Christian and after you are a Christian. Many don't like to be told what to do. But to become a Christian you must obey. 
and continue to obey. You'll be in God's family. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. You'll be His child. He'll be your father. And as Jesus and God are one and in each other, John chapter 17, you will be two. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Life eternal. To become a Christian and stay a Christian, you must die to self. Romans chapter 8, verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Pretty is as pretty does. Is a country way of saying that. But then whatever happens, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If you become a Christian, you must work. If you are in Christ, you're created for good works. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. So many just want to get by and not lift a finger, even when they're asked to help. You must study and learn God's Word. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. You must worship Him in the right way. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 25 through 27. You must... Go to, help, and teach others. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. All this work will make your life harder. But you'll be storing up for yourself treasures in heaven. Matthew chapter 6, verse 20. For those of you who are not a Christian, and those of you who are, you will endure persecution, but you'll get the crown of life if you endure. Revelation chapter 2 verse 10. When you're a Christian, you will suffer loss. You will suffer the breaking of family ties. You'll take stances for Christ and you'll be vilified for them. You may even lose money. Jobs, friends will disappear. We know that. But these friends and family, those fellow Christians who do, do stick around, will be a hope, a joy, and a crown of rejoicing, Paul says. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19. Following God has always been hard. If you, if you will, turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. It's where we'll spend the balance of our time. Hebrews chapter 11, because of his faith, his obedience to God. Verse 4, Abel was killed. Verse 7, Noah had to start all over again. Verse 8, Abraham had to give it all up. Verse 23, Moses was forced to make a decision. Look at verse 35. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still, others had trials of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. No money, no clothes, no, no place to live. They all obeyed God, though. They had faith in God. 
while others took their ease. Our spiritual fathers and mothers lived a hard life. Verse 39, And they did not receive the promise. Maybe we need to have a walk to worship Sunday. Maybe we need to have a walk to worship Sunday. Wouldn't be too bad for me. I'd just walk across the golf course. Some of you'd have a hike. We live in a time where we can ride in luxury. And we still have a hard time getting here on Sunday night and Wednesday. Then take us but a few minutes from wherever you are in Sumner County. There's some in this, this audience. Billy Joe talks about it all the time, riding that wagon, going around picking people up. You'd stay right here all day when you were at worship then. Maybe we need to walk one Sunday and count our blessings. Notice verse 40. God, having provided something better for us, we've got it better. We've got it better than our, than our ancestors did. We've got it much better in the 21st century America that we live in. We've got better promises that are talked about here in Hebrews. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, you know, so many have gone before us. So many have gone on before us. So many have experienced what we will experience someday. Let's lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now notice. Are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? Notice. Are you persecuted? Are you worn out? Do you need, as Brother Shockley said Wednesday night, do you need a revival? Do you need an example? Do you need a hero? Look at verse 3. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. Listen up, crybaby. I'm talking to me as well as you. Listen up, crybaby. Verse 4, you have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. Dirty looks, snubs, and attitude are of all I've really had to put up with. I've had to put up with snubs and dirty looks and some attitudes. But I've never been sawn in two. I've never had a sword put to my throat. False teachers, they usually run the other way when I come around. And confront them about it. My mouth has never been bloodied. And you may understand this very well when you strive against sin. 
Sin sometimes wins, doesn't it? What happens is, what happens is, is we forget. Look at verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by Him. For when the Lord, for whom the Lord loves, He chastens and scourges every son who He receives. You know, if your Christian walk has been really easy, be worried. If, if you've had an easy living Easy money, Christian life, be very worried. For whom he, the Lord loves, He chastens and scourges every son whom He receives. But Chad, Jesus said, His yoke is easy and His, his burden is light. Yes, but it's still a yoke and it's still a burden. All this time you may have thought that what this world has to offer you was easy living. Living for the next good time, the next vacation, the next escape. But compared to the world, living for Jesus is really easier. For all that we have to do and go through and be to remain in God's family, it's much better than the wages of sin, which is death. There are those about to break under the heavy burden of sin this morning. Have you ever seen somebody just worn out, tired? They can't even lift their arms. Their arms are just so heavy and their knees are weak. You ever been that way? Where you're so tired. You just couldn't go on. You couldn't raise your arms if you had to. Notice the next verse. Hebrews 12, 12. Strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Strengthen them. Take up the yoke of Christ. Love God so much that you can say, living for you is easy living. There's nothing in life but you. Are you ready to give your life to Jesus Christ? Have you taken it back and are you ready to give it back again? God loves you so much He gave His only begotten Son for you. He wants all men to be saved. He wants all men to repent. Each and every one of you. See, I like what Dave Ramsey says. What we're trying to do is, what we're trying to do here in this life is live like nobody else so that we can live like nobody else. One of these days, Jesus Christ is going to come back. And He's going to take His to heaven. Then we'll talk about the easy life. For eternity. If you want eternal life, come right now. As together we stand and sing.